Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. All right, guys, it's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly podcast. This week, March 8th, 2021, Season 3, Episode number 9. Charles back here in the garage joining us once again. What's up, man? Hola. And we got lots of things to talk about this week. Uh, some interesting stories, uh, Charles. We will be filling you in here nice. on the long-lost Led Zeppelin footage that was discovered this week oh. from 1972. Surfaced for the first time, this guy was digging some stuff out of a crate in his personal collection, and he found it. Never huh. been seen before. We got the details on that. Uh, music venues will be opening soon in New York, the first major state in the nation to open for live concerts Sweet. as early as April. We'll let you know the details on that. Nirvana's Bleach getting a limited edition reissue on cassette next month. Kings of Leon to release a digital art collection that includes some limited edition vinyl and fan experiences. Seems to be a new trend, right. and I wanted to make a note of this uh, seem, This whole digital art stuff. A lot of the musicians oh, yeah. offering some kind of cool fan packages to kind of stay you know, on the fans' radar these days. Yeah, A uh, very cool thing, not necessarily rock and roll, but a very cool move from Imagine Dragons' Dan Reynolds donating his childhood home to charity uh, for a good cause. So we'll talk about that, plus nice. this week's new releases, weekly WTF this week in uh, music history trivia. We got a good one today. Yes. Charles, we got a couple good ones. Seriously, stick around for yes. that, guys. Uh, this week's new releases that came out this past Friday, uh, 5th of March, was new albums out from A Day to Remember, Alex Bleeker, Arab Strap. Bar- Barbarossa, Bernice, Elizabeth and the Catapult, Fruit Bats, Guy, <laughs> Guy Blakesley, Ian Daniel Kehoe, Ian Sweet, Jane Weaver, Jay Gonzalez, Kings of Leon, as we mentioned, have their new album out, mm. as well as Post Data and Teenage Fan Club. Lots teenage of Fan Club. I had a fan club when I was a teenager. <laughs> Those guys, I think they're like a pop punk group, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they A bunch of new albums out. Seems like this is the first big week. Look at how many of them must be like. I don't know, 10, 15 albums. Uh, this is the first big yeah, week of the year, really, yeah. since we've uh, been kind of reporting these new albums. So there you go. Uh, nothing happening on the virtual show front, but the tour news front. Uh, Andrew Cuomo has allowed for music venues that operate at a limited capacity starting <laughs> in April. One, <laughs> one of the first he's under a lot of. Yeah, we we won't get into all that, but, uh, you know, Google yeah. it. Uh, one of the first in the nation, though, to do so for live music venues. So he gave a statement saying that basically venues, uh, entertainment and arts venues, can operate at 33% capacity, mm. effective effective April 2nd uh, via the New York Times. Indoor events will be allowed to, here's the details, host a maximum of 100 people. Okay. And if 150, the venue gives COVID-19 tests to all guests. So outdoor events are allowed to have 200 attendees, and that cap is bumped to 500 if COVID-19 tests are administered to everyone. Oh, so okay. they give a, give you a little more leeway if you, if everyone's administered a COVID test. Gotcha. So more people can t- uh, can attend. However, some locations will not deem it financially worthy uh, to hold events at such a low capacity. Mm, yeah. Some of these places are saying even at 50% will be rough for us, not even 33%. Yeah. So it's really not a full opening. 
So what do you think uh, of just that kind of general development in the live music world? You know what? I, I think it's a start, but ultimately, like, they're right. I mean, if it takes a lot of money to put on a show. Um, a lot of hidden costs that maybe even people in our audience don't know that, like, what, what exactly it takes. Uh, I, oh, I remember yeah. um, coming back from a tool show in San Francisco and writing on the BART. And there was a dude there with like some crazy artwork, and and uh, he was just this older guy who was uh-huh. like in his sixties, and he was showing me these like uh, he was showing me these Alex Gray type cool. Pa- and I was oh like, yeah, yeah. That was not in the concert, and he was like, yeah, that's because I'm one of the lighting guys. He's like, well, the lighting guys actually they got it from Adam Jones. Like he specifically came out and gave us like this cool one of a kind kind of artwork from from Alex Gray. I was looking wow. at it on the bus. And I was like, man, that, that's so crazy. And he was like, yeah, you'd honestly be surprised at how thankful these artists are to the to the to the crews that make these concerts happen. And you would also be surprised at how much it actually how much actually goes into a show like that. How, like how right. how expensive it is, how the crazy yep. lighting, the people going up and and boom, boom vehicles like, you know, putting things up and, and arranging things. And and uh, so, I mean, to have only have maybe 200 attendees uh, that's like they, a bad night yeah you're it's like you know like yeah. hey we can't even barely cover the cost of the night today yep, exactly at 33 percent yeah be like a shitty yeah. show a know? really shitty show yeah, yeah right like a, that i i can't even remember the last time i went to any kind of a show and it was that empty yeah so i could i could see where they're saying but at least it's a start so maybe they can just lift that maybe month by month like yeah. increase it by a percentage or something like 10 percent until we get to the end of the year and then it's full capacity kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but at least they're, they're uh, making yeah. a, you know, at least they can be open and, it's you know, a, sell some drinks and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And maybe they will cut some costs. Like they don't have to have a bunch of bartenders there anymore. They don't have to nearly have as much security. Yeah. Maybe they can cut a little bit of cost there themselves to where they can make it somewhat profitable. Yeah. You know, they, they could do it. I know when Al Green played in, in uh, New Year's of 2000, uh, the tickets, because I was very interested in seeing that the tickets were 300 bucks a piece. Oh, yeah. And at the time I was like, I just can't afford it. But, you know, yeah. You could, and I think that's what's going to happen, too, is that the ticket price will increase, but the intimacy will increase in terms of, oh yeah, you know, it's going to be a higher ticket price you're going to pay. But, man, there's only going to be 150 people in the crowd. Yeah. How cool is that to be able to see some of your bands that's in that true. type of a setting, right, where you're not literally being pushed around you know all the time and being able to kind of enjoy your space enjoy one of your favorite bands yeah i think that's pretty cool too so i I would pay honestly now in retrospect i would easily pay 300 bucks to see the allison chains unplugged what if we saw like uh, we were able to see tool allison chains any of those handful of bands i would definitely pay three to four hundred dollars for a good uh seat with a view with a lot of space in a good spot in an intimate type of setting that big would be time. amazing you big know? time i would definitely pay that so maybe that'll be a trend we'll have to see how the, all this stuff unfolds throughout the year yeah i mean people pay like 300 bucks to see donkey shows <laughs> <laughs> they're already paying they're already paying they're already paying for it so uh all right so here's the big headline this week in the zeppelin world there was some long lost 1972 led zeppelin footage that was discovered wow. this guy lloyd goodman uh, discovered a Super 8 roll of unseen Led Zeppelin footage he had shot back in February 25th, 1972 at Auckland's Western Springs Stadium. Ooh, wow. Radio New Zealand reported that rather than sell the film to a private collector, he's chosen to make it pub- public. Okay. And he put it on YouTube. And it's out there. If you type it in right now, 
Led Zeppelin, February 25th, 1972, Auckland. Um, you're going to find the footage. That's amazing that he did that. He, yeah, so yeah. I thought that was really wow. cool. He could have chose to uh, sell it to a private collector, didn't do that. He decided to make it public and free for everybody to enjoy. Um, and here's the thing. An American fan dubbed the um, audience recording from that show on all of his parts. Wow. So it syncs up with the audio now. So instead of just his, because he had just raw video footage, no yeah. audio. And then somebody who had a fan recording of that same show d did the work and dubbed the audio for those parts. That's so crazy. Went and found the sections of the songs where the videos were from and, and did it. So pretty neat. Uh, this guy is an ecological artist in Melbourne. He was cataloging his work, stumbled upon the film. He said, I knew I had this roll of film in the shed, sent it off to get digitized. I knew there was band stuff on it, but I didn't know what it was. Came back, and there was the Zeppelin film. My reaction was really one of joy because out of the still phot photographs I took, I only ended up with six shots, which were really the rejects because the promoter had picked through the best of them, and they just disappeared. So finding this was like finding gold, really. So he lost his original shots. The promoter took them for whatever reason, you know, for, uh, you know, maybe putting them in a magazine or something like that. So we didn't have any copies. And now he found this uh, actual film footage. So that's crazy. Pretty neat. Uh, yeah, it's, that's it's on YouTube. Awesome. So check it out. Um, very cool. And that whole 1972, like, year of performances was actually the uh, from the Led Zeppelin 2003 release. It was called How the West Was Won. And it originally came out on a DVD-CD combo. My dad had it. I remember it was a very cool release. It got remastered and re-digitized uh, or whatever in 2018, a couple years back. So if you guys want to see some more footage from that era, that one uh, has a super deluxe box set and a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, some video footage from that era, but not this. Not yeah. this footage. So I'm, I imagine if Zeppelin would have known, they would have made an offer you know, when they were putting this stuff oh, yeah. together to be like, hey, can we put this footage in there? But uh, they just found it. So, pretty, you know, um, you know, I, I learned a lot last week when you were when you uh, when you told me that the the magic man that, that what that song was all about. Oh, yeah. Heart magic yeah. man. Yeah. That's right. So crazy. Mm -hmm. That is so crazy. If you guys are uh, tuning in, you didn't check it out last week. Magic man was uh, heart uh, written by heart. And Nancy Wilson and the uh, it was basically a story of how she kind of met Jimmy Page on that tour when he was touring the United States. And I can't remember if Hart opened for them or if they were just touring around that time and they somehow connected. But that whole song is basically like her letter supposedly that she wrote to her mom kind of telling her this tale of where she's at in the rock and roll world now. Yeah. Playing you know, with Jimmy Page. Yeah, that's and, so know, cool. That's so cool. Crushing on him and, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, so, I work. Yeah. I work with a dude who went kayaking some years back, and he was just telling me this a couple of days ago. He said that he was kayaking, and afterwards, it was, like, up in Northern California in some out-of-the-way place. It's really beautiful kind of high country yeah. in the Sierra Nevadas. And he said uh, he came back to go turn in his kayak, and, and he saw some dude, and he was like, wow, that guy looks really familiar. And um huh. and and he walked away and he he walked up and the, and the lady goes guess who that was and she showed him his signature and it was I guess it was Jimmy Page really yeah and um no and, shit yeah because supposedly there's this place um I guess uh, in in the maybe Arcadia region or something something like that some beautiful place that uh -huh. like it's like a hideaway for like rock artists and actors and actresses and they just ah. go there just to completely unwind and get out of the element. 
And he was like, oh my God. And I guess she was like kind of a hippie type kind of a lady and she was just really into it. But I was like, man, that's a killer story. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just crazy. And you never know like yeah. when that type of stuff is going to happen. You know, it's pretty fascinating. And those little pockets of areas of, you know, like California or wherever you're at that have these kind of known things that maybe they're known in the musicians and higher upper echelons. Like if you want to get away and not have to deal with anybody, go yeah. up here in this beautiful area. And you can do all the kinds of outdoor activities and stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, all right, some more rock news this week. Nirvana's Bleach is going to be Nirvana. reissued as a limited edition blue cassette. Uh, it's the blue edition, and it's clever play on the word because that was the first name of the first track on Nirvana, B-L-E-W. Yeah. So it's the blue edition. It's cobalt blue tape commemorating the album's opening track. Limited to 1989 copies oh my God. in honor of its original release date. Of course, it was released on June 15th, 1989. So this will be released on March 22nd. Yeah. Uh, so for Nirvana fans, check Ooh. it out. Hopefully some real fans will get it instead of the bots and sell well, it online. You know, who's that pop icon that looks like a hobo? Who Who is it? It looks <laughs> Face tattoos, looks like a hobo. We, we had oh, a whole Post cereal. Malone, yes. Post Malone, the cereal. Right. Yes, cereal. The, the, the train Malone. car jumper. The train car jumper, the hobo. Um, he, yes. He's probably going to buy all 1,900 <laughs> of those. Every single one, Post Malone. <laughs> he is a big Nirvana fan. <laughs> he is. That's right. Um, all right, so check this out. We're seeing this trend uh, now in music. Uh, we've seen it with, uh, I, I remember reporting it for the first time with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, how he sold some digital art, and he made quite a bit of money on it. And I saw some other stuff about how some other artists like Billie Eilish and FKA Twigs and some of these other artists are selling digital art uh, online right now, and they're selling it for digital currency, mm. which mm -hmm. is really interesting. It's huge. Um, but they have this digital art collection that Kings Leon uh, are releasing called NFT Yourself, and they came out. It came out this Friday, and it includes real-world vinyl and one of one of a kind fan experiences. The collection includes up to 25 unique pieces, starting with a $50 exclusive mm. NFT collectible and limited edition GoldenEye vinyl, with all proceeds benefiting Live Nation's Crew Nation Fund. Okay. So it's very cool. It's not like they're doing this for a cash grab. They're doing this all to raise money. Uh, especially, I'm sure a lot of the people on their team could use that money in the Live Nation crew fund. It goes to all the sound engineers, the security guys, like what yeah. we were just talking about, all the people behind the scenes yeah. that put on a show that are all out of work right now. Yeah. And even if a capacity club was only operating at a small one, they could at least still get paid and do work for setting up a show. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of those guys want to get back to well, work. Well, that's cool. That's admirable. I That, that whole <coughs> digital art thing is kind of crazy right now like yeah, original digital videos oh yeah yeah so and and apparently when you buy the digital art you somehow get the rights to own it and you can use it as you see fit and that's why the price is so high yeah so it's basically like you know mike shinoda almost like selling the rights to a little tidbit of a song yeah to a fan that you pay you know maybe five thousand dollars for some somewhere in that area yeah and now you can do whatever you want with that yeah you could use it on your twitch channel you can put it on your social media it's yours to own it's a piece of digital art so it's kind of a unique idea uh and that's I think cool we're gonna see more things like that in the future um you know with prominent artists that you know I, I and i think it's good that it's all going to charity right now oh yeah uh to really help out their crews and different people so very cool so, check this out. Uh, some Mars Volta news this oh, week. Oh, okay. Uh, Mars Volta may be returning soon or something else is in the works. A new social media teaser popped up on Thursday, March 4th. 
uh, from Clouds Hill Music. The cryptic teaser only lasts for about seven seconds, but it does include a, f- a few quick flashing clues. There's a puppet that, like a creature, turns up in, like a in view, like a logo. Then there's a logo that quickly flashes the Mars Volta and the words "La Realidad de los Sueños," which translates to the reality of dreams. All right. L- last like month, uh, Clouds Hill acquired the rights to the band's discography which explains why the label would be teasing something concerning the band. Within the comments of the tweet itself, the label suggested they might reveal more information if the fans got the band trending on social media. So while there's some hoping that this signifies the possibilities of new music, there's also speculation that the label's acquiring of the catalog could be a tease for some issues in the works. Yeah. Or maybe some rarities on release tracks and different stuff like that, maybe B-sides and stuff. Uh, So... There's a hashtag, the Mars Volta, that's kind of trending right now on Twitter. You can check it out for yourself. Cool. I don't have any more info right now, but we'll see maybe in the coming week here. You know what? Uh, I didn't know um, I didn't know until I actually saw them live, but the Mars Volta is very much a jam band. Oh, yeah. They definitely. are very much a jam band. Oh, yeah. They yeah, are. They'll, they'll go off for 20, 25 minutes sometimes with crazy lights and visuals and stuff, and they're just Big playing. drum solos. Yeah. Gnarly guitar stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, they, and they kept increasing the members of their band, too. I remember I saw them at the Vegas shows in, like, 2005 in vegas and they had like a 10-piece band at the time oh yeah yeah horns and everything it was crazy it was a little intense it was oh like yeah too much at times oh know? yeah big time like, i felt the same way it was like watching it for a second i was like oh, i gotta go take a breather like i gotta walk out and go get you know some like cedric air. vocals are like over the top you know like, yeah and then, and then there's like fucking horns and this fucking crazy drum shit and the <laughs> yeah guitars, and it's like whoa man what's, what's going like, on with my head man hitting you over the head with oh it. my god <laughs> Um, all right, some more rock news. Rob Zombie lost his passion for vintage horror posters after a death of a friend. This is an interesting story. Johnny Ramone, when he passed away, apparently Johnny Ramone was a big um, horror, p- old vintage horror hmm. collector. He collected old vintage horror posters. Oh, like Kirk Hammett. Yeah, right. Nice. And so he was all about that stuff, and Rob Zombie was asked about this in a recent interview. Um, he said... Quote, he was another psychotic collector, and the day he died, I remember being over at his house, and he had died, and I was just like, now what? I swear, I never bought another thing after that. It just seemed like, who cares? And I stopped talking about posters with people. I stopped buying them. I was just like, I don't know. You don't realize how much the collecting is connected to a friendship with someone until they aren't there anymore. Yeah. The last poster I bought was this giant French Wolfman poster, but actually Johnny bought it, and he had it in his house, so... He bought it from him. That was the last poster he ever bought because it was a big deal that he died. You know, these these movie posters, these old movie posters, it's crazy how much um, oh, yeah. demand there there is for them. Original old movie posters. Yeah. I have a friend who actually uh, was was into that. I guess his his dad owned a theater or something, and, and he he was even on some TV show, like a TLC-type TV show. Oh, wow, show. how neat. Yeah, talking about um, all these posters and how priceless they are and how, you know, people pay big money. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, yeah. huh? Um, so Zombie says Ramon sold the poster to him before he died, and I can see how he's just like not into that after that. That's a big deal. Maybe I can get some money for my uh, my vintage New Kids on the Block poster. <laughs> yeah, that that probably might yeah. fetch, fetch a pretty penny. Absolutely. These I, days. Yeah, I have it mounted in my bathroom. It just like stares <laughs> wow. back at me when I'm shaving. That's great. Yeah. yeah. 
it's good inspiration for the day. Absolutely. Right. And I said, who's got the right stuff? <laughs> You've got the right stuff. That's what I say in the mirror. Like, it's right above the mirror. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, some more rock news. Angels and Airwaves promised new album is on the way from okay. Tom DeLonge. Frontman made a post about it. An uh, Instagram post said, with a picture of him, uh, said, quote, the, wor- the world is different now. We feel more of us. He captioned the new album uh, with the new album is coming. This is the one. So yeah. it's been a new. Uh, they haven't released a new album since 2014. It's been a while. So uh, apparently a documentary is also in the works. Oh, I look forward to the aliens. I know, right? Yeah. I He's look, all, yeah. In case you guys don't know, Tom DeLonge has like, been the head of like this NASA department that they started where like they got him and a bunch of other people to like, uh, you know, it's for extraterrestrial like yeah. life and shit. It's, it's a trip. He's yeah, all about it. Him and the dude with the big hair from Ancient Aliens, probably. Yeah. <laughs> they I just, know, right? <laughs> who knows, man? He he was all about that UFO shit for oh, yeah. so many years, and uh, so now I don't know. It looks like it's paying off for him. Uh, look at this guy. Oh yeah, uh, Treyu is got their new album coming out, Baptize, on June fourth. This is the band's first project without lead singer Alex Varkatazas who parted ways with the group last year. Hmm. So it's weird because it's going to feature shared vocal duties by drummer Brandon Saller and bassist Mark Porter McKnight. Okay. So they're just like, fuck it. We'll just do the album without him. I'll sing vocals. You sing vocals. Yeah, let's just do it. I kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of like that too, that they're just like, screw you, man. We don't need you. We're going to put this new album out. They're not going to try to hire somebody that sounds just like him. They're they're just going to be like, I'm just going to do it. So they got a bunch of guests too. Check this out. They released two new singles this past week, Warrior, which features Blink-182 drummer Travis Barker, Mm. and Underrated. It also features guest appearances from Papa Roach from and Jacoby Shaddix and Trivium guitarist Matt Heafy. Okay. He's a cool dude. He's got his own Twitch channel as well that he's very active on and plays a bunch of riffs and cool shit on there. Nice. You guys should check him out. Matt Heafy from Trivium. So if he's involved in it, then I know that it's got a pretty good stamp of approval there. He's a cool guy. So, yeah. Uh, really, really cool guy. So it sounds like these Atreyu dudes are doing the right, you know, going yeah. about it the right way when you oh, lose yeah. your lead singer. You could always make a big deal about it or try and you know, get some other guy to replace him, but they're like, fuck it, we could just do it ourselves. And I yeah. kind of like that idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like so, kind of like... Um, power to them. Yeah, like Long Long Beach Dub All-Stars, yeah, right? Like exactly. after Brad Newell died? Great, yeah. Great comparison. Yeah. And they held off for as long as they could until Sublime with Rome came about. Yeah. And I think the money was just probably too good. Yeah. And they realized that this Long Beach Dub All-Star thing really wasn't yeah. bringing in the bucks, you know? It was pretty cool. So they 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 continue to play the music they loved, and I I, I saw I got to see them live too. Very true, awesome. Yeah, we saw them at Cali Roots. Um, yeah, Cali Roots. Uh, was it this one? Uh, it was yeah because they were there with Skunk Records, where it says May twenty fifth. All right. They were there with the Skunk Records anniversary. Oh, okay, Skunk Records. Yeah. Nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It was Long Beach Dub All-Stars, and it was all the people slightly stupid. (laughs) Skunk Records. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That's (laughs) that's what I think of when I think of Skunk Records. Uh, Good stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, Bradley Newell. All right. Uh, So this was a cool story. Just wanted to mention that Imagine Dragons' Dan Reynolds donated his childhood home to charity. It's part of a charity called the $8 Million Eight Houses Campaign. And it's a nonprofit and circle organization building resource centers for LGBT youth in Arizona, cool. Idaho, and Nevada, as well as Utah. And apparently they're doing it in these states because they don't have a lot of resources. They're very red states, uh, religious states, politically leaning right states yeah. that don't have a lot of these resources. 
his will be the first one in Vegas. It's valued at a million dollars. It said he talked to his parents about it. They were all for it. And he said, quote, now to know with my mom and dad's blessing, I was able to purchase the home for them, and it's going to be the first in-circle home in Las Vegas. That's powerful to me. Killer. So very That's cool. awesome. Thought yeah. It was, uh, thought it was cool. Uh, and a, a bunch of other homes are being built for the same cause yeah. uh, in a bunch of different states. So Yeah, he's doing a lot for the LGBT community yeah, so right now. Yeah, so good for him. You know, yeah. I, I like you know, guys that use their celebrity and status and their bands and stuff for good things like that Yeah, uh, constantly to give back to their community and stuff. So well, and good I, on I, him. I think he's still practicing um, he's a LDS. Mormon. Yeah, and, yeah, he, he's and he stood up to the LDS church, too, in a way that was yeah. productive and progressive. And he I think so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, he's a very, you know, he's, act, like you said, he's active in his religion. But at the same time, he's also, like, kind of calling out the shortcomings yeah. and where they need to work on, uh, you know, building a better, I don't know, more modern understanding. Yep. Of that's, yep, that's the community. it. Yeah. And so I, I, I love it that he's, uh, you know, kind of uh, leading that charge. Good for him. By the way, by the way, um, just a really quick tidbit of information for our audience here. I just found this out. It's a really good documentary on Netflix called uh, uh, Murder Among Mormons. And, really? Uh, yeah, it's like number two or number one in Netflix streaming right now. And, uh, and I honestly thought it was going to be like a pretty crazy expose of kind of like the LDS church. And it, it wasn't. It was actually, but the entire thing, you, you think it is, but it, it, it drives you to another place. It's actually, it's huh. about this sociopath that like, it's wow. just crazy. Yeah. If you, if so speaking of LDS church and Mormons and stuff like that, go, I'm going to plug that Netflix show. Go, go check it yeah. out. It's pretty good. That's awesome. It's so, pretty good. That sounds good. Um, some more rock news. We're finishing it up this week. Only a couple God. more stories. Uh, Lamb of God sharing a trailer for a live concert film. Live in Richmond, Virginia. That's their hometown, so I'm sure it's a pretty badass show. Um, it's going to be available coming up later this month on March 26th, and it's from the uh, September 2020th show. Cool. Uh, wow. So, yeah, that was an intimate show, and it was towards the end of the, like, the COVID stuff, and they still put on the show. And so there's probably not very many people there, but it's probably a cool performance. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, check that out. Big time. This was one, uh, kind of a sad story, but uh, a, a good one to end it on here for the rock news thing this week. Sammy, Regal, uh, Sammy Hagar recalling the final text he had with Eddie Van Halen. He was uh, speaking this week uh, about it during a chat with Kyle Meredith. He shed some light on it. It says, quote, uh, where is it? Where does it start? I have nothing to do with the Eddie. Okay, so he explained that when Eddie Van Halen tribute concert takes place, Wild Horses won't be able to keep him away. He's very excited about it. He says, quote, I have nothing to do with the Eddie Van Halen legacy. That's their business. That's Wolfie, Alex, their family members. Whoever wants to call me up and say, here's the date, I will be there. I don't care where I am. I'll cancel a show if I need to. Nice. Ah, and he laughs. That's cool. Went on to explain that canceling a show was always a major, nearly non-existent event in the Van Halen world. He said, quote, that's something Van Halen would never do. I always make the joke, canceling a show was out of the question with Van Halen. I went out sick without being able to sing. Eddie went out with a crutch. Alex went out with a effing neck brace. We wouldn't cancel shows, but I will cancel my show for a tribute to Eddie any day. And oh, quote. yeah. So that's really cool. Nice. It's just showing that Sammy's like, I'm not part of the Van Halen legacy, but if you you name a place and a date, and I'll be there yeah, to I re- support yeah, him. And I think I that's remember really cool. He said similar stuff, too. I remember when uh, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was a very stand stand like he was a stand up guy about it like Sam, Sammy Hagar was, um, even though it, you know so many different singers with Van Halen and it, I, I just I think that 
that that I remember yep. he, he was like, hey, there's no drama. I know that maybe some some of those guys um, and I maybe you know we just kind of fell fell up you know fell apart maybe drifted apart. But right. he's like, there's no drama. I would love to just go see the music. I love exactly. the band. Exactly. He yeah. said about the last text. He said there was talk of a reunion next year. You know, Eddie was saying, hey man, let's not talk about this to anyone. You know, because we don't want to sit around answering questions about well, what's going on? What's going on? You know, Van Halen always stirs up a lot of interest. No one ever knew what we were doing in the old days, but when we were talking about, hey, let's make some noise next year, man, come on, Ed. Well, get well. We got to go out and do it one more time for the big time, the whole gang. He was like, yeah, 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 you know? So that was always very hard to keep zipped, but it never happened, end quote. So that was basically kind of the extent of where they were at the last time talking. So very sad, you know? Uh, yeah. Unfortunate, but it sounds like he's very passionate about being part of any kind of reunion. Uh, in any shape or form, and we can't wait for it. Oh, man, you know, I, I, I think I have it wrong. I don't think it was Sammy Hagar that said that stuff before. It was uh, it was um, the original Van, Van Halen singer. I think we, we covered Gary a story Sharon. about it. I, yeah, I can't remember. We covered a story about it, and it was, it, was, it was big. Like, I guess there's still, like, no hard feelings from, like, the ex-lead singers of Van Halen, although you saw in the media there was, like, a lot of drama. Um, right. It just seems, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Yep. Um, so we'll see what happens with all that stuff. Cool. Um, all right, so let's move on to some rock birthdays and some trivia this week. Uh, birthdays, Roger Daltrey, the Who's lead singer, turned in 77. Mm. Fun fact, he at every Who show, well, I've only seen one Who show, but apparently it's a thing. If you smoke weed in the front like area of the Who show that Roger Daltrey is at there, he like will stop the show and he'll be like, hey, I'm allergic to weed, and he'll like, like make Aww. this whole fucking statement about how <laughs> he can't sing and he won't be able to do the show if Aww, you keep smoking guy. weed. Yeah, <laughs> and he's allergic to it, and it makes his throat seize up, and and he's allergic to the weed. So oh, he's yeah, allergic I, to the weed. The the show that I saw it didn't fail. Somebody was smoking because it's a, a Bay Area show that we went and saw. You know, it was in like San Jose or wherever the hell it was. Yeah, and he made this whole fucking diatribe about it. Like, hey, there's somebody there smoking. And the front yeah. there. Hey, no, you know, I'm allergic. No, <laughs> it, it messes with my throat. You can't do that, man. No, it, he it, sounds it just makes, like him. No, I, <laughs> but he was just like doing this whole thing about it, like how he's allergic and how it makes him fucking, he can't sing and everything. And it's like, oh my I, God. I have one of his tambourines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have an old beat up tambourine. My my dad won a Battle of the Bands in, in wow. uh, the Los Angeles area in the 60s. And and it but as a prize for it that they got to open up for the Who, and it um and while the Who was playing, my dad um went and I guess Roger Daltrey had this big stand that had a bunch of different tambourines and all kinds of different little yeah. things, and he said he just he just grabbed one. He's like, <laughs> this is mine. And I grew up with it, and wow. he was always telling yeah he was always telling us the story. And when I was 18, he gave the tambourine to me. And, you know, it's all beat up over time. Oh, my dad, dude, do you have it framed or something? No, no, it's 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 just kind of chilling out. Like oh, it's you should have you know, that some kind of thing. Yeah, it's got you With know the, like a plaque on it and everything. Yeah, well, there's no, there's nothing on it that indicates that no, it was one still, of his. But that's yeah. a that's a cool family story. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Right on. All right. Uh, also, Evan Dando this week, uh, singer of the Lemonheads, turning 54. David Gilmore, guitarist from Pink Floyd, All turning right. 75. And Ernie Isley, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guitarist, uh, turning 69 this week. Okay. Let's get into some trivia. This week, in 2004. This musician is arrested in New York City 
after leaving a bag with a 45, oh, excuse me, after leaving a bar, it was leaving a bar uh, in New York City, 2004, it was this week, left a bar with a 45 caliber handgun, ammunition, several types of knives, an ounce of marijuana, and some rolling papers in his hotel room. So it was found by the housekeeping staff. Man. Right? Uh, The drug charges are eventually dropped. But this man pleads guilty to the gun possession charge and pays a $5,000 fine. Ooh. Who was it? Was it A, John Popper from Blues Traveler? Okay. B, Sully Erna from Godsmack? All right. Or C, a Coke-fueled David, David Crosby? Crosby? Hmm. What do you think? God, this is very difficult. This, this is, is difficult. The, this could be all of these people. This is difficult. You 2004. Know, I, I actually remember knives, this. ounce of marijuana, rolling yeah. papers. You know, I actually remember this. Um, so this actually, it, this is actually quite funny. So you remember the movie Desperado? Yeah. You know, you know how Danny Trejo, his kind of shirtless character, where he like jumps on the back of the limo and he's throwing throwing knives sure, into it sure. and killing people. That actually was David Crosby. Oh, really? And yeah, David Crosby actually filled all those all those scenes as Danny Trejo's assassin that was wow. ordered by yeah. And so who um, knew? Yeah, it's crazy. And this actually was just. David Crosby reenacting that scene from right. from Desperado. Essentially, just basically, he's a character, right? He's um a character actor. Training. Yeah, it, it, it's huge. So, I mean, I kind of I heard that it may be John Popper from Blues Traveler, but I'm gonna go with C, a coke fueled David Crosby, because you know what? It's a coke fueled <laughs> David Crosby. <laughs> this week, it is actually David Crosby. Yes. Yes. In 2004, yes. this is one of the stories that kind of leads to his reputation. Yeah. Uh, this was the week where David Crosby was arrested in New York City. He had a bag with a 45 caliber handgun, ammunition, a bunch of knives, <laughs> ounce of marijuana, <laughs> some rolling papers, just a bag he carries around. You know, you yeah. never know when you're going to need any of those things. The housekeeping staff found it, reported it, got busted, had to pay a $5,000 fine. Uh, but actually got off pretty easy. Yeah. You know, he didn't really, you know, you know, it's not like he was committing a crime necessarily. Yeah. Just had a bag of stuff, bag of fun. Well, it's like, it's like seeing David Crosby. I mean, (laughs) really all this is because he is an assassin and that's why he needed all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, he moonlights as an assassin. You wouldn't Um, expect a, a deranged (laughs) half naked, greased up Coke filled David Crosby with a huge handlebar mustache. Yeah. It's like soaked in bourbon and yeah. cocaine. And he like rips off his shirt and he's got two tattoos of women on his on his chest and he <laughs> just starts throwing knives into people. Wow. Who knew? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, all right. Some more uh, trivia for you guys this week. In 1995, <laughs> not really a funny one here at all. Uh, this is actually very seri- serious. 90 minutes into a concert in Lausanne, Switzerland. The mm. drummer from this band had to leave the stage. What thought he what he thought was a migraine turns out to be two aneurysms and emergency surgery is ordered. Was it A R E M, B the Cure, or C Black Sabbath? Huh. What do you think? The drummer from this band. You know, I it's crazy. Ninety five Switzerland. Migraine turned out to be an aneurysm. Two aneurysms. You know, I know that this one isn't. I know that this one isn't meant to be funny, but what Chris is is he's not scrolling down to D. And that would no, be no, I'm not. It, that would be a coke fueled David Crosby. Oh, it could have been. This. Yeah. <laughs> and, and regardless of the fact that he had two, two aneurysms, aneurysms, it didn't phase him at all. <laughs> Even <laughs> though he's not a drummer, he just 
He was on the drums that <laughs> night. <laughs> just on the drums. And, and when he was having emergency surgery, the whole time he was completely lucid. And he was like, what the fuck am I doing here, man? Where's my 45 and my back uh, of knives? into my skull, bro. <laughs> Why are these chains on me? And that's, you know, they use that. <laughs> they use chains in 1995 to uh, hold down patients. Shit. You know what? I think it's REM. It's a, I think it's A-R-E-M. You're actually right. It was REM. Oh, okay, cool. 90 minutes into an REM concert in Lausanne, Switzerland, drummer Bill Berry had to leave the stage. What he thought was a migraine turns out to be two aneurysms and emergency, wow. emergency surgery is ordered. Uh, he survived, you know, but crazy, right? You that's never know nuts. When something like that's going to happen. That is nuts. Fucking crazy. Um, all right. So movie, TV, or what do we got? Uh, news from around the world this week. This was kind of neat. Um, uh, well, it already happened. on. Uh, well, actually, it's just happened this weekend. Mercury and Jupiter appeared side by side in the weekend sky. Yeah. Uh, this type of conjunction, not particularly rare. It's the second time this year that Mercury and Jupiter are converging into the night sky. Apparently, you need to look southeast about an hour before sunrise, and you can check it out. Um, but I always like those kind of things. It's kind of neat uh, checking them out on YouTube after the fact. Yeah. Watching a good, high-quality version of those things, like the takeoffs whenever they go like to the the SpaceX stuff or like oh, any yeah. of those like things on online. I like watching those. Uh, yeah. I, I had to know, I had to know this anyway by default because um, the, the cult that I'm in. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. We needed to know it's when those time. Yeah. To yeah. Go out and, you know, do the sacrifice. Yeah. It was whatever. like, yeah, we had to Get drown a goat. Belt. Yeah. We had to drown a goat at that, at that specific time and yeah. erase Cthulhu from the right. seventh layer. So <laughs> it's, it was, it's a very specific, you know, mm-hmm. it, it only happens whatever. Yeah. Once every three, uh, whatever fra- meters of time you have in the, in the cult. Yeah. Know? I don't know how you guys keep track of time. No. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. It was pretty. Like it was three sundials. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it was. What's really weird was that what rose from like the depths of the sea when this actually happened. Uh-huh. Like we thought it was going to be like this giant kind of Cthulhu deity that we've been worshiping for so long. But sure. Yeah, it turned out it was uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very strange. And he was reprising his role in uh, Problem Child. Yeah. Yeah, right. oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, the nuns. Yeah. The, nun, the nuns there, and he's, like, trying to, hey. Yeah. This kid's a good kid. Yeah. You know, he's got a little bit of an issue, but. Yeah. It, but, you know, we had to wait for those plans to, you know, all. It was really <laughs> weird, because when it did happen, though, all he did was he just walked. He walked across the water, and he walked up to us. He blew two snot rockets, and then he just left. Wow. That was it. That's kind of a jerk move. It was. Typical Gilbert, you know, right? Yeah. Typical Godfrey. Worth it. Um, All right. Some wedding receptions now have dance zones, apparently, (laughs) after they are going to resume this month. This is part of this whole thing in New York where they're kind of getting back to business, but they have all these kind of restrictions. So (laughs) wedding receptions return. The the venues will be limited to 50% capacity, up to 150 guests. Everyone will be required to test. Live music and other entertainers are allowed, but if they're unmasked or playing a wind instrument, they have to be separated from guests by 12 feet or a physical barrier. Okay. When guests hit the dance floor, they'll only be able to do so with members of their immediate party, household, and family seated at the same table. They'll have to wear face masks and stay in what are be called dance areas or dance zones, which yeah. should be at least 36 square feet and six feet apart from other dance zones and tables, and guests aren't allowed to change dance <laughs> zones. You know, oh, yeah. You know what? You, you, you could do this, or you could move to Texas and straight up open mouth kiss. I guess, 
everybody at the store, regardless of whether or not they have COVID, because that governor does not give a shit. They don't give a shit about anything over there. Yeah. Probably. He's like, what is this? Is this COVID? It's just the flu. Wait, why is everybody dying? Have you, have you heard of this horrible scam that's going on with restaurants where everybody's, like, doing this thing on now they're ordering through, you know, like DoorDash or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people apparently are doing these fraudulent disputed charges, and they're getting all these refunds. So a bunch of businesses are closing their businesses, and they can't deal with it. Huh. Uh, a couple people have closed it and made news headlines this week. So here's the thing. The restaurant's owner says he and his team try to be thorough when they fulfill orders, but that items can be marked as incorrect, which usually results in a partial refund yeah. from most delivery services. So that's how they're getting these guys, and then they're just ba- that's basically all their profit. Yeah. Know, whenever they have to give a refund away like that. Uh, Grubhub DoorDash said they do not tolerate misuse of their platforms, but that really doesn't say shit. Yeah. Postmates and Uber Eats both have web pages that say their policies in place, but I mean, you know, a GoFundMe campaign got started for one of these restaurants, already raised seventy one thousand dollars. Yeah. For this restaurant that got basically scammed out of business. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that I sucks. didn't know that that's, that type of stuff was even happening. Yeah. Uh, no, the That's order horrible. was wrong, so they could get it for free, and they're just scamming these businesses left and right. You know, uh, if if it wasn't for the fact that I've actually gotten, I mean, we, we were doing Dine and Dash there for a minute, but it, yeah. it almost it was just almost every single time we ordered our our, our order was wrong, or we got somebody else's order. Yeah, it was really weird. And see, and I, I imagine like half of those things are probably legit. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, you know that that owner, like he's like, oh, we do our best, but it sounds like. Probably they go to got overwhelmed. They got a bunch of orders mixed up all the time. Yeah, they yeah. probably had somebody working there that was a fucking idiot. Yeah, and then you know they're just losing money left and right. Oh yeah, big and time. They could be part of it too. So who knows? Right? Yeah, it's a bit sketchy. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, some good news this week. Brewers Association recognizes four new beer styles in 2021. Okay. So here's the thing. Brewers Association, a trade group for independent brewers, it's been released. Uh, this year's style guide, they call it. And four new styles of beer have been added this year. They are New Zealand style pale ale, wow, New, New Zealand style India pale ale, Kentucky common beer, and Belgian style session ale. Oh wow! Yes, yeah, shout out to my buddy Hayden. He's from New Zealand. He's probably all What's over this. What's the deal with Kentucky common beer, though? Uh, you I know what? What the heck the deal is with that? Oh, it's just Pabst and with a new label. <laughs> <laughs> it's beer with a corn stalk in it. Yeah. That's just all it is. It's just it's served common beer. A, served with a corn frond. Uh, with a corn, corn frond. Corn frond stock. Yeah. Um, so, okay, it says the official style guidelines suggest that the beers were added in part because of their more common availability in the commercial market, not necessarily because they were new to beer drinkers. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So it's becoming more mainstream. Oh, these, yeah, yeah. These beers. Yeah. They've already been around. Nothing like a groundbreaking new style of beer. Right, right. Uh, all right, two more stories this week. Um, always go to yard sales, and you never know what you're going to get there sometimes because this guy found a floral bowl for 35 bucks at a yard sale in New Haven, Connecticut. Turned out it was a bowl from the court of the Yongle Emperor who hmm. ruled China from 1403 until 1424. He got that bowl for thirty-five bucks. Guess how much it's going on uh, the auction block next week? How much? Three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! For a single bowl, only six exist in the entire world. Sotheby's auctions uh, appraised the thing, and it's going up for a half a million dollars next week. That's amazing. Thirty-five dollar bowl at the yard sale. 
That is amazing. You know what's not amazing? Uh, or amazing, depending on how you uh, feel about it. This picture of pizza right here, it went viral this week. What does that topping look like to you? That, to me, looks like uh, Fruit Loops. It is, and it is a Fruit Loops pizza. Holy cannoli. <laughs> An oh Iowa God. pizzeria is at the center of online controversy this week as they as people found out about its Fruit Loops pizza. Yeah. It's Fong's Pizza in Iowa, and it says it combines flavors and inspiration from the Far East and the West. <laughs> <laughs> it's permanently added the novelty pizza to its breakfast menu. Wow. This is a breakfast menu item, Charles. Wow. <laughs> if it's you're made ever, with sweet cream. If you're ever in oh. Des Moines, get, go go on down to Fong's Pizza yeah. at breakfast time because everyone's going to a pizza place at breakfast time, right? That, yeah. That's already a thing. <laughs> it all depends on how much you drank the night before. <laughs> so <laughs> it's made with a s- sweet cream sauce base, okay. mozzarella cheese, Fruit Loops, and drizzles of Greek yogurt and condensed milk. Okay. Uh, all of that, but like not combining that with m- mozzarella cheese. <laughs> like the rest of it, I get it. But Right. It's very sweet, right? Yeah. I mean, that could be a very sweet thing, but the cheese... The uh, uh, here's his quote on it. He says, <laughs> "Quote: You look at this pizza and it's a rainbow. It should bring a smile to your face, yeah. even in the form of wow, that's crazy. I gotta try that. Or wow, those guys are crazy. I can't believe they're doing that." End you, quote. You know what? I, I <laughs> no, I've looked at this picture of of audience. I have looked at this picture and it does not bring a smile to my face. <laughs> but you know, I can tell you uh, this, and this may be blasphemy for approximately fifty percent of our audience, but. I do enjoy pineapple on my pizza. Oh yeah, I love I do enjoy it. I, I'm yep. right there with you, man. Actually, my my wife, uh, she uh, really kind of turned me on to this to this pizza kind of a topping combination. It's crazy. It just works really well together. What is it? Jalapenos and pineapples. Oh yeah, hell yeah. I, it's just nuts. they have one that's uh, that Mountain Mike's does not Mountain Mike's uh, Round Table. Yeah, and it's called like the fucking something the luau something that's literally what it's called the fucking something luau <laughs> and it's, it's pineapples with jalapenos but it has ham yeah and it has uh i think maybe a pepperoni or some other kind of thing on there but it's something called luau spicy luau or something and i'm like oh yeah that's good stuff man. yeah it's delicious it. it's crazy the mm-hmm. pineapple tastes good on pizza it's it's the best Sorry, of both people. worlds. Yeah, I have, I have half my friends that were like, that's just straight up disgusting, and the other half are like, we love it. It's I love it. I don't mind that. Uh, yep. I don't know about Fruit Loops pizza, though. No, no. That looks like that If you're in Des Moines, disgusting. go check it out, though. Yeah, that looks like vomit. It literally <laughs> looks like you threw up Fruit Loops and cream cheese. <laughs> all right. Give us a follow on Instagram, guys, at Rock News Weekly. For all of our weekly updates, we update like one-minute little videos you can check out and get a quick update of the stories that we cover. Uh, and of course, rocknewsweekly.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please uh, rate our podcast in the Apple and Google stores. We do appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Later.